What is going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. And yes, as you can probably see from today's, from the title of today's particular edition of the show, there is very much a new dynasty in the NFL. We're going from the Tom Brady era in many ways to now the Patrick Mahomes era. And we are very much witnessing the, probably the beginning, if you want to take what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all those other guys from the Chiefs have said recently, we are now witnessing the beginning of a new dynasty in the NFL. And that, of course, began on Sunday evening when the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 to in overtime to win their second consecutive Super Bowl. And what else would I be spending today's show talking about other than just recapping that game and what it means for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes as they move forward? There's also, and uh, one of the interesting things that I saw yesterday when I was sort of getting ready for today's show was the interesting statistics that have been put together comparing Tom Brady's first, I believe, seven seasons in the NFL to Patrick Mahomes' first six or seven seasons in the NFL. And so I'll be getting I'll be getting into those probably more toward the end. And I'll just let you guys I'll let you guys be the judge of which quarterback is I don't want to say has has the higher ceiling or which quarterback has the most impressive resume. I mean, obviously they're both very impressive resumes, but the main question that I have is, and I will ask this on my uh, social medias and want to get some of your guys' feedback a little bit more on this, but the one question that I have is, is Patrick Mahomes going to surpass Tom Brady as far as the number of Super Bowl rings that Patrick Mahomes will end up winning? Because Brady's got seven, okay? Patrick Mahomes already has uh, three after Sunday night's win. And yes, I'm very much well aware that one of the losses that Patrick Mahomes took in the 
Super Bowl was to Tom Brady. So I'm not really necessarily going to get get into the uh, debate of, and Patrick Mahomes has come out and said this basically, that he thinks it's a little bit unfair to say that, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that it's really a little bit unfair to put himself ahead of Brady just because Brady does have that one win over Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and so Mahomes just was not going to get into that, but there is the question that's come up of basically which which quarterback is better, and when I do end up going over these numbers, I will let you guys be the judge of that. Let me get to this game and recapping it because this was a phen- phenomenal football game. And it really started out maybe a little bit slow, especially if you're a fan of offensive football, as a lot of people seem to be nowadays. But it was really, really just a big defensive battle in the first half in particular. Certainly, when you look at the opening possessions from either team, obviously the 49ers came, took the ball first, came out of the gates red hot, looked like they were going to drive right down the field and put that opening touchdown on the board, and then... Boom, Christian McCaffrey fumbles the ball. Chiefs take over. And, of course, you never want to rule anything out with Patrick Mahomes. You think, oh, okay, the Chiefs defense is taking advantage of the 49ers' offensive miscues. This seems like it's Patty Ice's time to shine, if you will. And then what happens? Boom. Isaiah Pacheco fumbles the ball. And it was really just, the whole first half was really a defensive chess match between the two teams, if you will. And even with that being said, I think the definitely the winner of the first half was of this game were the San Francisco 49ers, just based on the way they completely dominated the line of scrimmage, the pressure that Steve Wilkes, the the defensive coordinator and company, were able to dial up. I believe they ended up sacking uh, Patrick Mahomes three times in this game. But of course, of course, as we all know, in the game of football, there are, of course, two halves and not just one. And of course, the 49ers took a 10-3 lead into the locker room 
at halftime, I believe, and in the second half, what else what else did we all really expect was going to happen? Mahomes magic struck again. I don't know. I don't know what inspired them to come out of to come out and play like they did in the second half. I I don't know. I don't know whether it was the light bulb coming on in Mahomes' head. I I don't know if it was Travis Kelsey bumping up against Patrick Mahomes and yelling in his face, much like Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, much like Travis Kelsey did to Andy Reid earlier on in the first half. I don't know. I don't know if they were blaring uh, Taylor Swift music in the locker room at halftime. I don't know if they were I don't know if it was Usher's halftime performance, which I will get into a little bit more in a few minutes. But whatever it was, the Kansas City Chiefs found a way to do what the Kansas City Chiefs have been accustomed to doing over the course of the last few years. It's something that's got that's helped guide them to six straight AFC Championship games prior to this point. It's something that has guided them to not not one, not two, but now three Super Bowl wins in the last five seasons. And what happened in that second half? A few of the plays that stood out to me were, and again, this just speaks to the magician, I believe in the Super Bowl preview edition of the show, I even referred to Patrick Mahomes as a little bit of a magician on the field for obvious reasons. But the magician that is Patrick Mahomes certainly had a lot of tricks up his sleeve, if you will. What Some of the big plays were... Obviously, the touchdown pass, the 16-yard touchdown pass to uh, MVS, who Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who always seems to find a way to show up in the playoffs. Obviously, he sort of struggles with this throughout the regular season as far as showing up goes, but in the playoffs, MBS always finds a way to produce. So that was a big thing. I also think that the big pass, this was not a touchdown, but this did, I believe it was a, I believe it might have been Third, either third and short or third and long. One of the two. I could be wrong, but the big play, the probably the biggest play, that one of the biggest plays that the Chiefs had in the second half was the play that basically set up overtime when Patrick Mahomes connected to who else but Karma. 
Karma himself, the, the guy on the Chiefs himself, Travis Kelsey. The big play where I honestly thought he was going to score here, but he ended up getting shoved out of bounds at about the five-yard line or so, which, of course, set up the, helped set up the Harrison Butker field goal to tie the game at 19 to help send it into overtime. And of course, and of course, we all know what ended up happening in overtime. And I will get to maybe one of the things that could have helped prevent that from the San Francisco 49ers perspective here in just a minute. But, and obviously, before I do that, obviously, what happened in overtime for those of you that were maybe living under a rock on Sunday evening and did not get to see this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, after the 49ers, take the, well, I guess I should, I guess I could go ahead and touch on the questionable call by the 49ers that helped set this one up for the Chiefs. And, Again, leave it to Kyle Shanahan to make questionable decisions that end up costing his team a win in the Super Bowl. Certainly, he has been a part of not one, but two different organizations at this point that have have blown... Super Bowls. Of course, he was, people forget that he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when the Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in Super Bowl, I believe it was Super Bowl 51 against the New England Patriots. Very similar situation here, to say the least. But, Starting from the end of regulation, we, we go to overtime, blah, 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 blah. And the overtime rules, and apparently the 49 I've seen reports that say that the 49ers players were not aware of the overtime rule changes or something like that, something to that effect. I'm not sure how much of that I really believe, but because the Chiefs obviously didn't have much of a problem with it themselves. But anyway, the 49ers, let me go, okay, so let me go back and describe uh, the overtime rule changes. Apparently, this was changed after the Bills-Chiefs playoff game a few years ago when the Kansas City Chiefs walk it off in overtime and the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen did not get a chance to score. So the NFL the NFL basically changed the rule 
to make it to where both teams have a chance to score unless... Well, let's see if I can remember exactly what the rule is. Basically... Both te- the new rules are both teams get a chance to score, okay? If the opening possession of the first team ends in a field goal and the opposing team has a chance to take it down and score a touchdown, which is what ended up happening here, then that's it. And also, if the... Opposing defense gets a touchdown themselves. The game also ends at that point. I believe that's what the rules say now. Anyway, for the opening coin toss of overtime rolls around, and the 49ers win and decide to take the ball. And... Of course, they go down and get the field goal, and of course, we all know what happened from that point on. But the a lot of the criticism that that has been thrown at at the direct in the direction of Forty ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, who has, as I've mentioned before, has quite a bit of experience with mismanaging Super Bowls has been, why did you not why did you do what you did, basically? And so and why did you choose to take the field goal instead of going for six, going for the touchdown? Why, Kyle? I guess that's Yes, that's one one of the things that we may never know. I guess he was going with the the logic from regulation of okay, our defense has been playing well. We can get a stop on Kansas City's opening possession, blah 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 blah. But as we all know, you really don't want to have to put yourself in that situation, especially when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. Of all the people that you could be going up against in overtime, Patrick Mahomes is probably one of the names that you would be inclined to put on the bottom of that list. That is just how dangerous Patrick Mahomes is, okay? That's, 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 that is the bottom line. And staying with the San Francisco 49ers as for, as, as to how it relates to them as they come out on the losing side of this Super Bowl, much like they did four years ago against this same Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Uh, this was really just another another blown opportunity for them as a organization. 
which is maybe surprising to hear because when you hear the term organizational failures, the San Francisco 49ers are not one of those organizations you would typically lump in that category. But uh, tremendous, tremendous blown opportunity here. This was their first time. They had, they had not won a Super Bowl in 29 years up until this point. And I guess it's I guess it's now thirty years at this point that the San Francisco 49ers have not won a Lombardi trophy. So when you look at and again that's as shocking as it may seem for the San Francisco 49ers with guys like Steve Young and Joe Montana, and Jerry Rice, and other guys of that nature from back in the day to say that this this organization has been not living up, not necessarily failing because the San Francisco 49ers have obviously, the bottom has not fallen completely out of this organization, but to just the brand that that comes with the San Francisco 49ers, to say that they've been coming up short in recent years is is fair, but it's also pretty pretty shocking in some ways to some degree. And of course, I mentioned the questionable decision that Kyle Shanahan made to take the field goal in overtime after the first possession in overtime was the, was that the right call obvious obviously no it was not the right call but in hindsight why did they choose to do that and this is just a long running trend that has been going on with Kyle Shanahan. Another question that comes to to my mind is are the are the forty and if any of you have any thoughts on this, please feel free to share those with me in the comment section. But are the 49ers cursed in some way? Is there any sort of voodoo magic that is involved with the 49ers coming up short in Super Bowls? Do, 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 do. Who knows? I will let, I will just have to let you guys be the judge of all of that. But in fairness to the 49ers, I guess. I guess I should go ahead and touch on this, and I sort of feel biased to some degree when I say this, that if the 49ers had won the Super Bowl, uh, it really warms my heart as a Tennessee Volunteers fan to say that 
VFL Jawan Jennings would probably have won the Super Bowl MVP award. Really just warms my heart as a as a as a Vols fan to say that because typically you would assume oh it's gotta be Christian McCaffrey. Maybe it's going to be Brock Purdy. Maybe it's going to be somebody on the defensive side of the ball. But to be fair, again, to be fair to the 49ers here, Jawan Jennings had phenomenal game. He not only did he catch a touchdown, he also threw for a touchdown on the trick play to it was ba- it was essentially a lateral pass to Christian McCaffrey and of course if you all if you all did see the play you know what I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey catches the ball in midair and does what Christian McCaffrey does and so heck of a play from Jawan Jennings who not only did he, I guess, inspire a lot of people to to reflect on the remarkable job that he did at UT, including, and I and I can't I cannot believe I'm about to say this name when talking about the Super Bowl. I cannot believe I'm about to go this way. Of all the people that chimed in on this, Butch Jones posted on, on X, the or the, the platform formerly known as Twitter, a video of Jawan Jennings essentially doing the same exact play and I believe, I cannot remember the exact year, but they were playing Florida, I believe. And Juwan Jennings basically does the same play at the time when Butch Jones was coaching at Tennessee. And shall we say this received plenty of backlash from Vol Twitter, I even... I even remember seeing uh, my my guy Jake Miller from Fox Sports Radio up in Knoxville, avid Vol, avid Vol fan. Shout out to uh, G.I. Jake, by the way. I believe he tweeted and he quoted uh, Butch Jones's tweet and said something like, "Do." You, he was talking to Butch when he said this. He said, do you really think that they drew that play up because of you or something like that? And I couldn't help but die laughing when I saw that that tweet or X or post or whatever the whatever in the world that they're called nowadays. But to... And really, really quick shout out, another really quick shout out to Jawan Jennings, who was, of course, a high school quarterback. And this, of course, got 
a lot of people from the Murfreesboro, Tennessee area, where, of course, Juwan Jennings played his high school football, they basically, they basically said things like, oh, we've seen this before. This is no surprise to us. We're very much well aware of what Juwan Jennings can do as a passer. And so this was really no shock to us. And so Jawan Jennings, what a guy. What what a guy. Shout, shout out to Jawan for the inc- incredible performance that he was able to put up, although it did, of course, come in a losing effort. Now... Coming back to one of the main talking points, I guess, of the day. And I was sort of alluding to this at the beginning of the show that we are now very much witnessing the beginning stages of a new dynasty, in my opinion, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Why do I say that? I say that because the Kansas City Chiefs have been to, let's let's see, uh, six consecutive AFC championship games, six consecutive conference championship games. They've won three Super Bowls in the last five seasons. And they have now of course, won back-to-back Super Bowls, which is a feat that has not been done since the last dynasty that came about in the NFL. That was, of course, the dynasty of the New England Patriots when they, of course, won back-to-back Super Bowls from, I believe, 2003 to 2004. So, uh, on paper, just from a team perspective, that is that is plenty of that is plenty of reasons to safely assume, in my opinion, that we are witnessing the coming about of a new dynasty, and. What makes what further backs that up is the fact that this is on paper still a pretty young team. I mean, I remember I cannot remember whether it was Jim Nance or Tony Romo that brought this up, or if it was someone else giving analysis of the Chiefs. But as far as the defensive side of the ball is concerned. Chris Jones is the only returning starter from the Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl four years ago against the 49ers. Obviously, there's been quite a lot of change that's taken place since that time, and the Chiefs are obviously, there's a lot of different parts 
on this Chiefs team now. Tyreek Hill is no longer there. That, of course, had no impact on the Chiefs winning two straight Super Bowls, unlike what a lot of people thought it might after that trade took place. Obviously had no impact on that whatsoever, but despite the moving parts that are taking place in this organization, the Kansas City Chiefs are still the Kansas City Chiefs. Another thing that makes this Chiefs dynasty talk that much scarier is that Patrick Mahomes is just 28 years old. He is just 28 years old. He, you could argue he is, he is just now entering what we all know to be the prime of a lot of people's careers. And so just, just think about how scary that is for a second. Just, just picture in your head how scary a Patrick Mahomes, who is not even 30 years old yet and has, and has already won not one, not two, but three Super Bowls, been to six straight AFC championship games. Back-to-back Super Bowl rings. Just picture how scary it is for somebody to have done all of that before reaching the age of 30. Just just picture it. It's, It's pretty scary. Pretty scary. Pretty scary for a lot of a lot of teams, obviously, not just in the AFC, but in the entire NFL, that should go without saying. And so the Chiefs dynasty, we are very much in the middle of a, a new dynasty in the NFL. Uh, but with that being said, I guess... I guess I can go ahead and touch on while I'm talking about uh, how scary Patrick Mahomes is. One of the things I brought up at the beginning of the show was comparing resumes between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. I guess I could do that before I sort of give some miscellaneous. Uh, factoids about the Super Bowl that do not necessarily have to do with the actual game. But I guess I could compare some of these numbers of Patrick Mahomes and, and Tom Brady through their first seven seasons in the NFL. Starting with Tom Brady... I suppose. Uh, Tom Brady, and again, this is through their first seven seasons in the NFL. 
Uh, Tom Brady's completion percentage, 61.9%. He threw for 21,564 passing yards. Uh, He was averaging about seven passing yards per attempt, a little bit over 224 passing yards per game. 147 passing touchdowns, 78 interceptions, quarterback rating of 88.4. I guess the the rushing attempts, obviously they're going to be a little bit lower with Brady, to say the least. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is obviously a little bit more mobile than Tom Brady was again. Again, just to say the least. But uh, Brady had 239 rushing attempts for 435 rushing yards, averaged 1.8 rushing yards per attempt, blah, 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 blah. Three rushing touchdowns. And for for those of you fantasy football fans and owners out there, this will be an interesting point to be made to you. Uh, Brady had about... 1,300 fantasy points. I believe the exact number is 1,318.4 fantasy points. So compare that to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is completing 66.5% of his passes for 28 1,424 passing yards, averaging 7.9 passing yards per attempt, 296.1 passing yards per game, 219 passing touchdowns, 63 picks, quarterback rating of 103.5, Uh, 374 rushing attempts for 1,936 rushing yards, Uh, 5.2 rushing yards per attempt, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 12 rushing touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. And fantasy points, over 2,000. Fantasy points, about 2,147.2 fantasy points to be exact, just for those of you fantasy football fans that are watching and listening to the show. So, on paper, and again, I will leave the who is better argument to all of you, That is not something that I have the time to get into today necessarily. But the trajectory, you could argue, is a little bit higher for Patrick Mahomes. Looking at career accolades as far as Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are concerned, uh, they, they each have three Super Bowl wins. At this point, uh, Tom Brady had been to three Pro Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has been to six Pro Bowls at this point. Tom Brady has won 
uh, had won one All-Pro award. Patrick Mahomes has won three All-Pro awards. He's also won the Associated Press MVP award two times. Has won the AP Offensive Player of the Year award once. Tom Brady did not qualify in either one of those categories, talking about the AP MVP or the AP Offensive Player of the Year. And Tom Brady, up until this point, his first seven years in the league had won two Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has obviously just won his third Super Bowl. So, Again, I will just have to let you guys be the judge of who is better, but the one of the one of the cliches that's often thrown out about stat- statistics nowadays is that the num quote the numbers don't lie uh, based on these numbers here. I think it's pretty fair to assume where the where the argument that a lot of people would make for who is better would go they would they would obviously go in the direction of Patrick Mahomes and so with all of that being said uh, one of the things that c- cannot be denied is the fact that Patrick Mahomes is, and again, I'm not. I'm not saying that he is the goat yet. I'm. I'm not saying that. I will let you guys be the judge. I'm not saying that today, anyway. I will let you guys be the judge of that. But without question, he is easily the best quarterback in the game today. I think. Sunday evening's performance proved that, and I also think that that the Kansas City Chiefs are not going anywhere anytime soon. The, the new dynasty is underway, and so that, that is pretty much my take on the game from a football perspective. Let me get to some of the other miscellaneous things that popped up on Sunday night. The halftime show with Usher and Lil Jon and Alicia Keys and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I liked it, Uh, really. The only thing, I liked it from a performance perspective. The one thing about it that I did not like is how 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 old it made me realize I am because gosh I'm old uh, but anyway little bit of a flashback to to uh, Usher's performance I actually remember when I was in elementary school I had the 
one of the, this, and this is back in the day when people actually did have CDs. I had the, I remember having, the, I think it was the, can't remember if it was the Usher uh, Greatest Hits album. I don't know if he had even put out a, a Greatest Hits album at this point, but it had basically all of the songs that, I was, that we were all accustomed to hearing in 04, 05, or whenever that was. Yeah, uh, Confessions, and gosh, there's, there's so, so many, so many other hits that I could name caught up, but gosh, I remember, I remember back, back in the day, I mean, these, these are the song, these are the songs that were playing in uh, school da- dances when I was in middle school. You all, and for those of you listening and watching that are my age, you all remember those those dances in the middle of the day when they pulled you out of the classroom and you'd go to the gym or wherever, and it would basically be a big dance, big dance party, and you'd obviously hear Usher and. Lil John and blah 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 blah, and the the nostalgia the nostalgia was definitely real on Sunday night, and it really just really just made me realize how how old I am. It's sad, isn't it? It's it's really it's really sad in a lot of ways, but. Uh, again, I really liked it. I really thought it was a pretty good performance. I'm not sure necessarily where I would rank it as far as the halftime shows of re- recent Super Bowls, but it I did think that it was a very good sh- halftime show. Uh, the commercials... Very quickly, some of my favorites. Uh, just, uh, I just jotted down a few of the ones that st- stood out to me. I kind of enjoyed the uh, Baja Blast commercial with Ron Swanson, uh, Nick, Nick Offerman. A lot. Well, everybody really knows him as Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. His name is actually Nick. Actually, uh, Nick Offerman, but he was essentially in the Ron Swanson character on a, I believe he was riding some sort of dragon-like thing, which was, which was funny to me in a lot of ways. Uh, while I'm thinking about it off the top of my head, uh, one of the commercials that I do not have written down here is the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with all of the people from Boston, like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, and other people of that nature. I thought that one was pretty cool. Uh, the Lionel Messi commercial for, I believe it was Michelob Ultra, where... They run out of and they run out of beer, 
right before Leo is about to get his drink at the bar and he ends up killing time, essentially, waiting for the beer by by weaving and nutmegging his way through a crowd of people with a soccer ball. So I thought that was thought that was pretty cool. And the really quickly, I hate that I'm about to end the show on a negative note as far as the commercials go, but if if I hear Oh my goodness. If I hear, if I have to hear or see another Temu ad, I believe I'm I'm going to lose my mind because that jingle is, is stuck in my head. And this this is a commercial that played at least I lost count after about four times that this commercial played. I cannot even believe I mean, do you guys realize how expensive it it is to run an ad once in the Super Bowl Super Bowl for 30 seconds? I believe it's it's definitely in the seven figure range at least. That's just for one 30 second commercial. Imagine how much money it takes to run at least four, which which is good. I'm not taking anything away from the company from that perspective because how else are you going to spread awareness for your product and thus make more money? But but from a viewer's perspective, my gosh, the, I I don't I don't know if I can get the jingle out of out of my head. I, I really can't. I really can't. The shop like a billionaire. Shop like a billionaire. Re- I mean, really. How how annoying! How annoying was that? My gosh. My gosh. Te- Temu. What what a com- what a company. What a company. And the Kansas City Chiefs. What what else can you say about them? But. What a team. What a dynasty. What a team that this is and, and what a dynasty that that this is inevitably going to be. And it's going to be interesting to see what the offseason does to them as far as free agency and the draft is concerned. It's going to be interesting to see what the offseason and the draft and free agency does to all of the other 31 teams that are in the NFL as well. And I, of course, look forward to talking about that so much more on future episodes of this show. But that is, with all of that being said, that is pretty much going to wrap it up for me today, I want to thank you all so much for watching and listening to this edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you guys next time.